All right, everybody, we want to welcome you to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant. So thankful that you tuned in. Today, we're going to get into a very important question as we expose Satan's playbook. And I'm talking about the secret place and how to get a strategy from heaven. How do you get a strategy from heaven? What does that even mean, Pastor Todd? Well, we're going to go through that today. So stay tuned as we get into how do we get a strategy from heaven and hear from the Lord in the secret place. Here we go. All right, in order for us to get the strategy for heaven, we've got to inquire of the Holy Spirit. We've got to have a prayer life. We've got to get into the Word of God. We've got to hear from the Lord. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. We need to know the voice of the Lord. We need to know how to hear the voice of the Lord. How do we hear the voice of the Lord? Well, that's spending time in the secret place. If you got your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm 91. Psalm 91, it says this, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. We want to live in that shadow. We want to be in the shadow of the Almighty God. That means that no matter what happens in the world, no matter what happens in our life, no matter what happens around us, we are surrounded by the presence of the living God, the protection of the living God. We're in his shadow, but we have to dwell in the secret place. So what does that mean, living in the secret place? Well, Obviously, we got to work. We got to, some of us have to be parents. We've got to, you know, do our job, do whatever it is that we have to do in life in order to live. Okay, that's understandable. But what God is saying is, is that in doing that, we're living out our identity in Jesus Christ. We're spending time as a person of God, hearing from the voice of God. We've got to hear from God. And in order to hear from God, we have to be open to having a conversation with God. And in order to have a conversation of God, we've got to spend time with him. We've got to make time for him. We have to learn to inquire from the Lord. Now, many people as a pastor, they tell me, I don't hear the voice of the Lord. And I say, well, I bet you you do hear the voice of the Lord. I'm not a betting man, but what I'm saying is I, I believe you do, but maybe you don't know the voice of the Lord. It's a still, small voice, a lot of people say. Sometimes it's, it's a peace that comes upon you. It's a discernment. It's an understanding. It's something that's given to you in prayer. And that's why I always say, well, do you have a prayer life? And people will say, well, yes, I pray. I say, well, when you pray, are you just asking of God for certain things to happen? Or are you inquiring of God? Because prayer is a two-way conversation. I think that's where a lot of us get it wrong, is we don't inquire of God. We just pray, like, Lord, please heal my marriage. Lord, please heal my health. Lord, I want my child to know you. Let them be a prodigal. Let them return to you. You know, we're praying for specific things, and that's okay. In fact, that's important, and that's something that we need to do. But our prayer life also also has to be a two-way conversation. It also has to be us hearing from God, because that's where you get the divine strategy, the wisdom, and the understanding. There's so many times when I've been in prayer in the secret place, and I've inquired of the Holy Spirit, and God told me something that I would never have known otherwise. Complete divine wisdom and understanding and strategy something that I would have never thought on my own. In fact, usually it's something completely opposite than what I was thinking. Where I was thinking in my flesh, I'm going to do this, and then the Holy Spirit tells me, no, actually do this. And then I listen to the Holy Spirit, and guess what? I'm successful. Guess what? It turns out way better than I would have ever imagined because I inquired of God. But if I had not taken that time to inquire of God and His Holy Spirit, and I had done it in flesh, or I had done it based upon my understanding and not God's understanding, I would have failed, or at least I wouldn't have ended up in the same place that, you know, I listened to God and had complete victory. 
you know, it might have it might have been something that I had some type of victory, but not complete victory, not walking in the in the fullness of what God had to offer. If that makes sense. So I'm not saying that everything that we would do in our flesh we would just fail at, but usually you do. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is that you want to have that divine understanding, wisdom, strategy that comes from the Holy Spirit, because that's going to set you up for complete victory and complete success, hands down. So let's talk about what success is in Jesus Christ. You know, God designed us for success. Do you know that? He made us to be a winner. I always tell people we are on the winning team. We're not on the losing team. People say, well, if I just walk away from God, then all of a sudden the warfare will go down. Yeah, but you'd be on the losing team and you're destined for hell. So is that really a win? No, it's not. See, in Christ... We are serving the God of heaven and earth. It's a fixed fight, by the way. Satan is an archangel. He's a fallen archangel. God is the God of heaven and earth, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, the one who sits upon the throne. It's a fixed fight, and we are on the winning team. We have to understand that and understand our identity in Christ, who we are, what we're able to accomplish. And regardless of what's happened in our past, this does not matter. Now, I know there's a lot of shaming that happens in the church, but that's religion. God is not one to shame one. God is simply says, you know, repent, turn from your wickedness. And once you do that, you repent, you turn from your sin and you move forward in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what you've done. Now, people, they don't always forgive, but God does. There's only one unforgivable sin, and that's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to blaspheme the Holy Spirit ever. And if you don't know what that is, I encourage you to look into what blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is because you don't want to do that. But the truth is, we are, we are to talk about repentance. We're to be a people that lives a lifestyle of repentance. If we understand that means walking away from sin, not being involved in repetitive sin when we knowingly are doing it. If you're knowingly engaging over and over in a pattern of sin, that's going to be an open door in your life, and you're going to be destined to fail, or at least an area in your life where you're going to have some type of warfare or some open door where the enemy will use that against you, against your credibility, against your character as an accusation, something will come out of it because you knew as a believer that you shouldn't be doing it, but you did it anyway. Now, does that mean that we're always going to be perfect? We're never going to fall into temptation? No, but it means that we're going to do our very best and we're going to set up ourselves for success by having accountability, discipleship, mentorship, people around us, other believers. We should never be the strongest believer in our life. There should always be other people, elders, people that are ahead of you, people that understand spiritually that can intercede for you. I encourage everybody to have intercessors. You say, well, I'm not in the ministry. Well, yeah, you are. Everybody's in the ministry. If you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're commissioned to go and make disciples. That means you're in the ministry. Maybe not a five-fold ministry gifting, but you're still doing ministry because that's what Christians do. We're disciples. We're, we're disciple makers and we're disciples. So the Bible says very clearly, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an unexpected end. Hallelujah. This verse says that God knows his thoughts toward you and his desire to give you an expected end. The end is promised in the word of God. You can walk in complete victory like Moses. He was 120 years old, and his eyesight wasn't dim, nor his natural force abated. He actually climbed a mountain the day he went home to be with the Lord. Can you imagine that at 120 years old? Now, these things are in the word, and God is no respecter of persons. So what we have today is superior to what Moses had in the Old Testament. Why? We're in the New Covenant. We're in the New Testament. We can be guaranteed success. Now, I'm not saying success can always be achieved without a fight, without spiritual warfare. We just talked about that in the last CD. Or without effort. But we are destined for great things if we press ahead in Jesus Christ. That's the key. 
I talked about finishing well. We've got to finish well. We've got to walk this thing out. Hills, mountains, valleys, experiences. It's not always, you're not always in the best situation. Sometimes you're in a very challenging situation. Think about Paul. He was thrown in prison. Think about Job. He was, he went through all kinds of tests, right? But in the end, he was given a double portion. Think about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They didn't bow down to tyranny. They stood, but they had to go in the fiery furnace, but they stood and they survived it. So the thing is, is, is that God knows his thoughts towards us, his desire to give us the expected end. We already know we're going to rule and reign with Jesus. We're on the winning team. That's your identity in Jesus Christ. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying, again, that it's not going to be a fight. It's not going to be warfare. It's not going to be a tremendous amount of effort. A lot of people just think everything is going to come to them. As a pastor for 17 years in Chatsworth, California, I remember many times throughout the years, people would come to me and they'd say, well, I, I need a job. I'd say, well, okay, what are you doing? they said, well, I'm sitting home waiting for the Lord to bring it. I said, well, wait a minute. You got to show up. You got to do your part. Now, sometimes it'll just come to you, but oftentimes we got to put ourselves out there. We got to do our part. Show up, put your resume out, you know, inquire of different people, and God will open the right door. But we have to be active. We have to be proactive. We've got to be out there because faith without works is dead. We can't just sit on the sideline. We can't just be couch potato Christians expecting God to do all of our heavy lifting. God wants us to be in it. He wants us to be doing what we're meant to do as the body of Christ, as the ecclesia. Very important things. Now, God is no respecter of persons, okay? That means that, you know, you're not better than somebody else. I'm not better than you. But there are people that are called. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. So you can be chosen of God to do great things. I believe anybody that shows up and says, use me, Lord, send me, I'll go, God will use. He says the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. God created every one of us to be special, different, unique. I believe that. He knows the plans he has for your life. No one else can fill your shoes. Listen, I may be very talented in certain things or certain areas, but I can't be you. I can't do what you're called to do. I can't do, I can't fit in your shoes. Only you can fit in your shoes. Only you can do what you're called to do. It doesn't matter who else it is. It could be the president of the United States. They still can't do what you're able to do. You have a unique gifting. You have a unique calling. You have a unique set of circumstances that God allowed you to go through. And I'm going to prophesy this over the people that are listening to this because I believe this is something for you. Nothing you have been through will be wasted. God is going to use your lion and bear experiences, the battles that you've had to fight in your life. He's going to restore and redeem what the enemy has tried to steal from you. I declare and decree in the name of Jesus. I believe that. You are not done. You're not defeated. God is not out of resources. There's no lack in him. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's never out of people. If you say, I'm never going to find my mate, I'm never going to find my spouse, God has millions of people out there. You think he's out of people? He's not out of people. Okay, he wants us all to, to do what we're called to do, to show up, and he'll do the rest. We got to show up. We got to say, send me, I'll go, like the prophet Isaiah. Okay, now, as a matter of fact, I looked up the meaning of the word success in the dictionary, and it defines it as this, the achievement of something desired, planned, or attempted. That's a pretty broad definition. I mean, some people are aiming at nothing and hitting it every time. So that doesn't work. The second definition I found is the gaining of fame or prosperity. And I don't like that definition either. 
This is not godly definition of success at all. Lots of people have fame. Lots of people have prosperity. Does that mean they have ultimate success in Jesus Christ? No, not at all. In fact, they're miserable. I was a child actor in Hollywood for many years, and I used to mingle and know many celebrities and people that have a lot of notoriety in the world, and they were some of the most empty and miserable people that I ever met in my life. And I, I would think to myself, because all these people would think, wow, Todd, you, you know, you're hanging out with those people. You've made it. You're successful. And I would look at it from my vantage point, and I'd be like, this is nothing what these people think it is. It's a facade. It's fake. It's, it's total fakery. It's like the Wizard of Oz. People think that's success. So there's some of the most broken, miserable people I knew ever in my life. And so that's when I started on my spiritual journey, knowing there had to be more to this. I saw the handlers and all the stuff in Hollywood. I understood what was going on out there. And I knew that God had something more for my life. I wanted to be somebody that affected, you know, the world for good. I wanted to be somebody that actually made a difference in this world. And that's what led me to Christ. Because if you seek, you'll find. People say, well, how do you know that Jesus is the true one and only God? How do you know that, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the one and only true God? Well, have you tried him? Have you, have you, have you sought his face? Have you called upon his name? Have you, have you drawn near to him? Have you opened the door? Because the Bible says he stands at the door knocking and all you got to do is let him in. All those other fake gods, little G gods, they weren't, you know, killed on a cross and then three days later, they didn't rise again. They didn't die for our sins. They're not the eternal sacrificial lamb. They're not living. Our God is living. The tomb is ro- rolled away. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the one and only true God. We have to understand that's the reality. It's not what the fake news media or all the different people out there are lying to us and the propaganda and the the deception of this hour. The truth, the fact of this life is, is that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords who sits on the throne and that he has all authority in heaven and earth and that when we call upon his name, he responds because the Bible says the faithful, fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Prayer is a powerful weapon, but success is not weighed in the things of this world. We cannot take any of these things with us. I know very wealthy people that have millions and millions of dollars, and one of them right now that I know that has cancer, I'm praying for him, but if God were to take him home tomorrow, he can't take any of those riches with him. The only thing he can take is his soul and the souls that he saved when they, when they die. That's it. There's nothing else he can take with him. That's it. And he's going to stand before the throne of glory. And so we have to think about this. We're only passing through in this world. Life is but a vapor. Hallelujah. So what is success? Well, in my view, success in Christ is much different than worldly success. It's not just doing something grand or big. In fact, not everybody is called to do the same thing. We are each unique and have different callings. Yet, we are all called to make disciples and get people saved. That's the Great Commission. We are called to be holy, and we're called to be obedient to God. In Matthew 25, 23, it says this, His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. If we are good stewards of what God gives us, he'll increase us and give us more. It's like the prayer of Jabez. He'll expand our territory. This includes our giving. The way that success has been presented is not a godly concept at all. The the success of this world, it's upside down, inside out in Jesus Christ. You could have a very humble couple 
They may not have a lot of money in this world, but they could be the richest people in Jesus Christ. They could be fully fulfilled. They could be walking out their calling. They could be anointed by the Holy Spirit because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. The anointing is so important, especially right now. They could be walking in discernment. They are rich, my friends. And yet you could have a rich man in the, in the things of this world or a rich woman. And we see a lot of these people, these influencers and some of these people on, you know, the Hollywood celebrities and things like that, that people idolize, by the way. And their, their whole life is smoke and mirrors. And nothing is what it appears. Nothing is what it seems. And yet people think, well, that's the way to go. Now, I think more people are waking up to this in this hour. I think more and more people are understanding that what Hollywood has to offer is not what Jesus has to offer. It's different unless they're a Christian like Kirk Cameron or someone like that that's got around the Hollywood system. But for the most part, you know, those idols of this world, they're, they're just dying. They're on their way to hell. And unless they repent and turn to Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter how much riches, how much fame, how much prosperity, how many cars, how much bling bling they have. Those things do not matter in the grand scheme. And most of those people are eternally miserable because they're, they keep wanting more. They're never satisfied. Their promiscuous lifestyles and all the different things that they're doing never satisfies them. I want to encourage anyone who feels like they haven't done much yet. You know, God's got something more for you. And you will succeed. Your faithfulness will be rewarded. I hope we can all recognize that success is not based on the temporary things that will pass away. God judges things differently than we do. How do I know that? Well, 1 Samuel 16, 7 says this. For a man looketh at the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh at the heart. He's looking at our heart. What's the state of our heart? That's going to determine our success in Jesus Christ. That's going to determine where we spend eternity. He wants to know the state of our heart. Is our heart given to the Holy Spirit of the living God? In order to win, to have heaven's strategy, you've got to understand what God is looking at. He's looking at our heart. He's looking at our day by day. He's looking at what we do when no one else is looking. Do you have a heart towards God? Think about David. He's, you know, David sinned. He had, to pay for, he had to pay dearly for some of his sins. But God referred to him as a man after his heart. Why? David was a good repenter. David was willing to understand that he was just a man and that he needed God. And he was willing to call upon the name of the Lord and he was willing to repent. That's how you get the strategy. You get the strategy in the secret place of the Most High, spending time in prayer, inquiring of the Holy Spirit, having a prayer life, going to God, asking the Lord for wisdom, discernment, direction, dying to your flesh daily. If you're taking notes, write that down. Dying to your flesh daily. The Bible says, do not be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why I say we're in the world, but we're not of it. Come out from among them. We can't be tied into this Babylon system. We can't think that we're going to make it in this Babylon system and that that's true success. We have to come out from among them. Be set apart. Be ye holy, for I am holy. holy. Call upon the name of the Lord. Inquire of his Holy Spirit. Have a prayer life. Go in the, in the secret place. God wants us to be alert. He wants, wants us to be watchmen on the wall. You say, well, I just drink a little bit. I understand. Listen, I know there's churches that are just fine with that, but let me just share this with you. And I'm not, gonna hear, I'm not here to judge or condemn you if you drink. You say, well, Pastor Todd, it's just a glass of wine here and there with my spouse or whatever. Okay, that's between you and God. That's between you and God. But let me tell you this, okay, as a pastor, why I don't do that there's a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm in a massive spiritual battle every single day of my life. And if I allow my mind not to be sober-minded and I, I give in to, uh, you know, being a little woozy or whatever you want to call it, tipsy, 
or under the influence of something else other than the Holy Spirit, guess what? That opens me up big time. Not only that, but people are watching me. You say, well, you're a pastor. Yeah, people watch you. No, I'm, I'm talking Christian. People are watching me. Let's just say that somebody that's watching me and they know I'm a Christian and they're watching me and here I am drinking. They don't know that it's just one glass of wine. They just see me drinking. And you know what? They have a problem with alcohol. And so they say, well, Pastor Todd's drinking or Todd Coconado's drinking. Let's just take out the pastor aspect. Todd Coconado's drinking. And then they say, well, I guess it's okay for Christians to drink. And they have a problem. They can't just have one drink. So what do they do? They drink 10 and then they, they crash their car and they die. Or they have sex and they get somebody pregnant out of marriage. Or they do something stupid that night, whatever the case may be. And that all started because they looked at me and because they said, well, it's okay to drink because he's drinking and he's a Christian. That's why I don't drink. That's why I don't drink because I care about souls and I care about people. Honestly, I could probably handle a glass of wine. I used to do it for many years, especially when I was out in Hollywood. But I'll be honest with you, there's too much at stake right now. And I can't even allow for one hour of my life for my mind not to be sober-minded. I have to be watchman on the wall. I have to be uh, absolutely in, in sobriety and understanding of the spiritual environment that we're in because the devil is just looking for one open door. And listen, you can't be out there slaying demons one minute and then partaking in demonic activity the next. It doesn't work that way. The demons know. There's a scripture that says, I know Peter, I know Paul, but who are you? You don't ever want to be a who are you. The reason why the demons know Peter and the reason why the demons know Paul is because they were willing to be set apart. They were willing to be consecrated. They were willing to spend time in the secret place and they were willing to do what the word of God says. They had authority in the supernatural. And that's why I talk about the courts of heaven. When we go into the courts of heaven, listen, you can't go in there taking a bunch of sin in there with you. It's just not going to work that way. You're going in the holy of holies. If you're going in there, you've got to be someone who's consecrated, who's a good repenter, who's trying their best to to live out hungering and thirsting for righteousness, and then you're going to have the authority in the supernatural. Many people say, well, why doesn't my prayers work? They don't seem to work, Pastor Todd. Well, what are you, is there areas in your life that there's compromise? Because the Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. The Bible says that the church of Laodicea is literally going to be spit out. What's the church of Laodicea? That's the compromised church. So we want to make sure we get the strategy from heaven. We inquire of the Holy Spirit. We spend time in the secret place. We're sober-minded. We're alert, and we're wearing the full armor of God. If you don't know what the armor of God is, how are you going to put it on? We just talked about the armor of God in CD2. I'm not trying to be hard on you, by the way. I want you to be set up for success. I actually care about you. I love you, and the Lord loves you. And we want you to be set up for ultimate success. We want you to be in the optimal best possible version of you. And that's done by being consecrated. That's done by listening to the full counsel of God. It's very, very important that we do that. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So many people are looking at the outside, but God is looking at the hearts. Those people that are focused on the things of this world, you ever see them with the, with all the, the bags, the Louis Vuitton bag and this and that. And again, it's fine to have those things, But if you make it an idol or that's what you're about or that's your identity, then you're going to be lost. You're never going to be fulfilled. There's never going to be enough. You're never going to have enough money. You're never going to have a nice enough house. You're never going to find the success in that. If you live a promiscuous lifestyle and you're out there sleeping around outside of marriage, it's just going to keep going and going and you're going to have soul ties and brokenness and there's going to be more and more things that you're going to have to get delivered from. God wants you to be set apart. He wants you to wait for marriage. He says it in his word. It's fine to have sex in marriage. That's actually a form of of worship, I believe, in a way. I know that sounds crazy. 
But you know what? God is okay with that. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to, to be all the desires of your heart to be fulfilled, but not outside of his covenant, not outside of his word, not in sin. Sin opens a door. Amen or oh me? I think this is very important if you grasp this. So we must understand this. There's nothing in this world that will minister to you or satisfy you more than knowing who you are in Jesus Christ and being in the direct center of his will. Jesus and his Holy Spirit is the only long-term void filler that will truly satisfy our hearts and our soul. Trust me, I know this. I was in Hollywood with these celebrities. I'm telling you, they, they had all the money. I had a bunch of money at my disposal. We could have flown anywhere, private jets, different things. When I was younger, in my early 20s, but I was miserable. I would wake up in the morning. It doesn't matter what I did the night before. I could have been at the coolest club with all the coolest people and all this stuff, so I thought. And I would wake up and I'd feel absolutely miserable. Why? Because only Jesus can fill the void. There's a lot of people chasing different things. They're chasing finances. They're chasing relationships. They're chasing all these things in this world, success. But yet their heart is never fully satisfied. Why? Because the only full satisfying thing that will ever satisfy a human being 100% is Jesus Christ. That's it. And when you have Jesus Christ and you really are walking out the true biblical-based Christian lifestyle, in other words, you're a real authentic follower of Jesus, you're a member of the ecclesia, the body of Christ, if that is you, you will find peace, you will find joy, and you will be fulfilled and your cup will runneth over. And by the way, you can cast out, you can drive out, you can change the atmosphere when you walk in the room. People are going to be saved and set free and healed, delivered around you. Your life is going to be an adventure because you're walking out in your optimal calling. People's lives are going to be impacted by you, the ministry that God has given you. I'm telling you, the anointing, it's people try to, they try to fake the anointing. You can't fake the anointing. Either you have it or you don't. You get it by spending time in the secret place. You get it by knowing the word of God. You get it by being consecrated and set apart. These are such critical, crucial, and important things about being a believer in Christ. If we understand these concepts, we will change. People say, what is it, Pastor Todd? I don't get it. How do you get these doors that open? How do these things happen? You think I do any of this stuff? I don't do it, my friends. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit of living God. It's God ordering my steps. He is the potter. I am the clay. He is ordering my steps, and, and I have to be obedient to him. And do I get it right all the time? No, I don't. In fact, I tell people, follow God. Don't follow Todd. There's times I get it wrong, but I repent. I'm a good repenter, and, and I allow the Holy Spirit to convict me because I'm given to the Holy Spirit. Now, many that are hearing this can't say for sure that you know that you're doing God's will for your life. You can't say for sure that you're in your perfect calling right now. And I understand that feeling well. Let me tell you, I understand that. I felt that for many years of my life. You may love God and you may want him to use you and bless you, but you don't know for certain that you're where you're supposed to be. Now, hold on if that's you. This is one reason that many people aren't happy and aren't satisfied. In some cases, I believe God has given certain people a holy dissatisfaction. It's literally a holy dissatisfaction in your spirit. He's trying to stir you up. This is one of the ways God motivates you and lets you know that there's something more available. It's also a timing thing. We can't get ahead of God either. It's a timing thing. Let me explain. For years, I was working in retail while I was simultaneously pastoring a church in LA. It took me over 25 years to get to where I am today in ministry. And by the way, we're still fully reliant on the Lord and have a long way to go. Now, he's done everything thus far. It's not me. He's done it. I had to show up. I had to say yes. 
and we've had to wait on him for many years. Now, I'm excited each day, though, because as God is always doing something new and something fresh in my life, he continues to show himself to me, and the key is to remain submitted to him. Success to me is being in the center of God's will and calling. This is something that we must seek him for and also listen to his instruction every step of the way. This means we have people in our life that are speaking into our life, elders, mentors, people that we're accountable to. I think that's one of the most important things as a Christian. You say, well, I can't find those people, Todd. Pray. Ask the Lord to send those people. Also, make sure that you're sensitive if God already has, because sometimes he'll put people in your path, and we don't even know it, or we don't, we don't want to be connected with those people, because it doesn't look like the person that we thought God was going to send. We thought God was going to send some major evangelist or some big pastor or something, and maybe he just sent your next-door neighbor, but they're a believer, and they're ahead of you in, in their relationship with the Lord. And maybe they're not even ahead of you. Maybe they just are somebody that you can align with because they're given to the Holy Spirit, and they love the Word of God. And God has given you someone in your life and maybe you haven't even accepted them. So be mindful of that because a lot of times we're looking with visions of grandeur and and God wants, you know, sometimes he'll use the most unlikely person in our life. Look at who he used in the Bible, David. Look at recently, President Trump. I mean, many people thought President Trump, how could God use him? But he was very friendly to the church and the religious liberty and to freedoms and and we put in uh, justices that now may be overturning Roe v. Wade. Look at this. And maybe it's already overturned when, by the time you're listening to this. But you know what? That doesn't, the thing is, is that God is moving. He's never stopped moving. He's always moving. He's a forward-moving God. Don't sit here and be worried or concerned. Praise him for what he's done and praise him for what he's going to do. Give him all the glory in your life. God is on the move. He's not out of moves. He's not out of moves. He's not out of resources. He's not out of people. He's not out of ways. He's not. God sees all the way out. You can only see as far as your human eyes can show you. Right now, I'm in a studio. I can only see to the wall. But God sees all the way. He understands the whole situation. We're only looking at it from our human perspective. For years when I was working in retail, I thought, God, have you forgotten about me? Why do I have to work in retail all that? How many souls I could be getting saved? But you know what God said? Get souls saved at work. Be an example to me at work. And you know what? He put people in my path in that job over the years. Did I get it right every time? No. But there was times when I was able to minister to people. I was in a, a unique position, sitting with presidents of companies, driving them around. God would put me in unique positions with influential people over the years. And I was able to speak into their lives and give them counsel. And they're thinking, what is it about this guy? He's just a driver. He's just driving me around. He's just a local representative for this company. And yet he's got so much authority. What is it? They didn't understand. It was the anointing. It's all about the anointing, my friends. How do you get the anointing? You're consecrated. You're set apart. You're given to the Holy Spirit. You're spending time in the secret place. I'm going to keep drilling those in. Because these are the keys. These are the tools. These are what we need to be set up for success. Know the word. Speak words of life. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 13, it says this, For our foundation can no man lay that it is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He is the foundation. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, but the the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. 
we are baptized not only by the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit and fire. Many times a believer in Jesus Christ will have to walk through the refiner's fire. You say, why me, Lord? Why do I have to go through all these trials? Why do I have to go through all these tests? Why? It seems like my path is so much more difficult than others. That's not always the case. It's just what it appears to you because you're the only one with your perspective. You don't know the full story of the other people. I'm going to tell you as a pastor who has counseled hundreds and hundreds of people over the years in my office, you would get the most successful person, a doctor, a lawyer, a very substantial figure in the community, and we'd close the door and all of a sudden they'd spill the beans and I'd be like, this guy is not at all what he appears to be. But to everyone else, they thought, oh my gosh, this guy is so successful. He's this, he's that. And then you get him behind the doors and here I am hearing the true story. A broken man in need of a savior. A broken woman in need of a savior. They have voids in their life. They could be successful in the world's terms, but they have not successful, successfully given their heart to Jesus Christ, and therefore they're not a true success. The Lord is upside down and inside out, ladies and gentlemen. He is not what the, the world appears one way, but God is truth. Stop comparing yourself to the things of this world. Stop comparing yourself to the idols of this world. There shall be no gods before our God. The Lord our God is one. And thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul. Jesus Christ is the king. He is the one. He's a jealous God. Don't allow these other areas in your life to consume you to become idols. You can do it in a marriage. You can do it as a parent. The soccer practice could be an idol. I'm telling you, I've seen it all. Your, your daughter is in a singing class. All of a sudden, it's an idol. There's so many different things that can be idols. We get ourselves caught up as humans, and that's why we have to be grounded on the solid rock, and that's why we have to die to our flesh daily. It's so critical, crucial, and important. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just feel right now led to pray for you, and we're going to continue on. We're not done. But somebody's getting a breakthrough right now. In the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we just pray right now for breakthrough. They've been weighing their success based upon the things of this world, but, Lord, you're doing something right now. To, to change their perspective, to open their eyes. Give them eyes of understanding. Give them ears of understanding, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody's getting touched right now. That's why we're doing this series. We want people to receive breakthrough. Receive your breakthrough right now. In the name of Jesus, receive your breakthrough right now. Lord, I've been weighing things out according to this world, but Lord, today I lay it down. Hallelujah. One day we're gonna stand before the Lord, my friends. He's gonna put a fire to everything. It says in Matthew 12, 36, that we're going to give an account for every idle word that we speak. Can you imagine that? So God will hold us responsible for every action, for every word that comes out of our mouths. Anything of wood, of hay or stubble, even if it looks good to man and conforms to the world's standard of success, is a work of flesh and will count for nothing. We must stay consecrated and do our best to be right before God. This means we can't compromise to get there. Some people say, well, if I just do this, I'll get there faster. Yeah, but if you're compromising, what good is that? That's not the way of the Lord. You got you to think about it. Look at Ishmael. You don't want to be doing that. You don't want to have an Ishmael. You want to make sure you're waiting on God's timing. Otherwise, it's going to be a bigger problem for you. Trust me, there's been times I've got ahead of the Lord. I've done things on my own strength, and then it came back to bite me because it has to be a God thing. Unless he builds the house, we labor in vain. That is very important for us to understand that. 
God wants us to do what he's called us to do. He wants us to do it out of his ability, not our ability. He's going to open the door. He's going to give us strength. He's the one that's going to anoint us. He's the one that's going to set us up for success. It's not us. I think what some will call burnout is just people trying to do good things, but on their own strength and power. God's never had anybody qualified working for him yet. (laughs) Thank God for that. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So we must stop relying on our own ability. You think you're talented? You're not talented enough to do the calling. See, there's a lot of pastors that are talented. They're talented speakers, but they're not anointed. That's the problem. They don't have authority spiritually to go into the courts of heaven. They don't have authority to pull down the strongholds because they haven't been consecrated. They haven't been in the secret place. And so they're talented. They're good speakers. They're motivational. The gifts come without repentance, ladies and gentlemen. But it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. You've got to be anointed. I've heard the most amazing worship teams ever play. I mean, they sound like just a perfect CD, like a perfect orchestra. You know, they're just perfect, but there's no anointing. And then I've heard one person who doesn't even sing that good with a guitar sitting there and the Holy Spirit falls and people start getting healed and set free and delivered. Why? Because they're consecrated and they're anointed. It's about the anointing. It's not about the preaching style. Look, my, you could tell in this CD, in these CD series, I'm not perfect in my speaking. I make mistakes. I'm not like, you know, absolutely flawless in everything I do. But what, what, what is it that's moving you? It's not me. On my best day of preaching, I can't make you do anything. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and that comes from consecration. It comes from me spending time in the secret place. It comes from me being a good repenter. It comes from me from having a healthy fear of the Lord and an understanding of who God is in my life and my identity in Jesus Christ. That's how we're able to do the things that we're able to do. See, when I go into places of prominence or people, you know, meet with people that are, that are prominent leaders or people, people say, well, do you get starstruck? No. Why? Because they're just a person, and I know that they have brokenness just like I do. But the Lord opened the door. So I go in there and I do what the Lord told me to do. I'm on mission. You're on mission. Wherever God has placed you, he'll bring you before kings and he'll bring you before high people of authority in this world. If you call upon the name of the Lord and you humble yourself. See, a lot of people are trying to have a platform in this day and age. They want followers. It's all about followers and platforms. And, and, and don't get that confused. Don't get that twisted. That's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, they may have some some worldly authority, but they don't have the anointing. It has to be the anointing. The anointing will get you where you got to go. The anointing will open the doors that you're seeking if if it's in alignment with the Holy Spirit of living God. If it's flesh, then God's going to throw it out. There's been things that I've desired that are flesh, and God threw them right out. They never happened. Why didn't they happen? Because it wasn't God's will. It wasn't God's plan for my life. It looked good. It felt good. It smelled good, but it wasn't God. God wants us to be doing what he wants us to do. It's going to be better than what we think because it's going to be what he has for us. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans for hope in the future. His promise is yes and amen. The Lord has good plans. He made you fearfully and wonderfully. It's not a mistake that you're alive in this hour. It's not a mistake that God has brought you into the world. You say the world is so stressful. I have anxiety. Listen, I get it. But that's why we're in it, but we're not of it. That's why we're literally a citizen of heaven. That's why we're able to to, to battle in the courts of heaven. He didn't make a mistake bringing us into the world right now. He's not giving you more than you can handle. 
He's not. I know it may seem overwhelming, but this is when we just go in and pray. Listen, if you're going in the biggest battle right now, I remember in 2011, I was going through a really big battle in my life and in my walk with Jesus. And I remember somebody said something to me. They said, no matter what you're going through, no one can take the mantle and anointing from you. No one can take the mantle and anointing from you. The only person that can do that is you. And that's if you give up or you give in and you compromise and you walk away from Jesus Christ because you say, it's too much. What do you do? You flip teams. If you say it's too much and you go back into the world, you're flipping teams. Then that's the biggest battle over your life is your soul. So the devil wins. Not only does he win in the short term, but he wins in the long term. But if you press ahead and you just say, no matter what, I'm going to stand. No matter what, I'm going to press ahead. I'm not going to give in. When things get tough, I'm going to press in deeper. I'm going to speak words of life. I'm going to say, Lord, I'm on your team and I'm in this for the long run. I'm going to finish well. If you do these things, God is going to be with you even until the end of the age. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. You are set up for ultimate success, my friend. So let's review a few things here because I think this is a very important concept if we get this. The strategy to win. You got to go into the courts of heaven. How do you do that? You go into the secret place. How do you do that? You get alone with the Lord. You take time every day to get alone with the Lord and have a two-way conversation with God. A two-way conversation with God to get the clear strategy. Sometimes you got to fast. You got to pray. You got to seek the Lord's face. It's, sometimes it's not gonna, you're not going to get the answer right away. But you spend time in that secret place. You have a prayer life. You go into what I call the war room, wherever that is. It could be in your car. It could be in your house. Wherever it is. You get alone with the Lord. You call upon his name. You seek his face. I, I recommend getting on your knees and just crying out to him, saying, Lord, speak to me. Lord, I want to be in your perfect will. I'm telling you, it does something. Put on some soaking music. What is that? Just some worship music. Put on some worship music. God wants us to be alert. He wants us to be sober-minded. He wants us to be wearing the entirety of the armor of God and set up for success like the tree that's planted by the water. We shall not be moved. Things are going to get tougher. I wish I could tell you they weren't, but they are. But we are going to have everything that we need because the Bible has given us every tool that we need to be set up for complete success and walk in complete victory. We know the devices of the enemy. We get the strategy of heaven. We get the divine understanding, strategies of heaven, things that we would never know, but in the time of prayer, we've got to have a good prayer life. You, you show me someone that's in the word of God at least several times a week that is a worshiper every day. I mean, you, just, you want to change the atmosphere in your house? Turn on some worship music. Start worshiping. You're fighting with your spouse. There's, there's division. There's different things happening in the house. Turn on some worship music. Start pressing in, praying. Asking the Lord's presence. Anoint your house with oil. Go around the house. We're going to talk about that, how to safeguard your home in the next CD. These are things that you can do to be set up for success. And when the devil has a plan, you cancel it. You bind it. You cancel it. If you're in the middle of a fight, walk out. I walk out right in the middle of a fight. I walk out. Why? Because I got to get my head right, and I got to call upon the Lord, and I got to ask his presence to intervene. Because I am not going to let the devil destroy what God has done in my life. I'm not gonna let the devil destroy the gifts that he's given me, including my family. I'm gonna fight. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will be righteous. I don't care what's going on in the world. Obviously, I care. But what I'm saying is, is that as for me and my house, we are gonna be righteous. We are gonna be like Noah. We're gonna be a righteous family. We're gonna stand in righteousness and purity and holiness. We're gonna learn the word of God. The world is gonna probably get more wicked. 
I believe we're going to see a great revival. I believe it's already happening, but that doesn't mean the world's not going to get more wicked. We see wickedness. It's open. It's in our face. Just go on. I mean, don't go on Netflix. I actually canceled my Netflix. But if you go on to Netflix and you look at all the different stuff on there, almost every title is demonic. It's unbelievable. What a spiritual battle that we're in. It's all a spiritual battle. They're so blatant. There was even a series that was called Lucifer. I mean, they're, they're just, they don't even hide it anymore. And yet there's some people that still want to deny that we're even in a battle. We are in a battle. It's a massive battle. But God is good. He's faithful. He's moving. He's going to move in your life. Don't give up. Don't grow weary in doing good. Stand on the promises of God. God is going to get you through. What an amazing message the Lord has given us. Stand firm in Jesus Christ. All right, friends, thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast. I hope you got something out of this. Uh, please let us know by emailing me at pastortodd.org. That's pastortodd.org. So thank you for helping us support these broadcasts. You can go to toddcoconado.com forward slash give. We bless you, and we'll talk to you again soon.